Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Painted Doll, an erotic science fiction novel written by M. Christian. Intriguingly dark and sensual science fiction. Among the pleasures of a dystopian future are the erotists, professionals who paint their clients' bared skin with neurochemicals that induce all forms of sensation, even pain. Erotists offer landscape of ecstasy, sexual extremes, joy, and delight. Few citizens can afford the skills of the talented Domino. Fewer still know her identity is but a mask. Beneath the facade, Claire hides from a vicious crime lord who would not only kill her, but her childhood lover. But the mask of Domino is beginning to crack. Strange sexual pairings and practices highlight this futuristic noir tale set in a wildly imaginative erotic time, exploring who we are and the sexual awakenings that occur when we become someone else. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Painted Doll. Chapter 1 Watch her walk, Claire thought. Notice her carefully controlled pace. Observe the finely machined stride. Witness her gracefully gliding movements. Watch her walk, Claire thought. See her stroll along, even and sure, stable and keenly balanced, across the black ink asphalt of the newly paved Kidon Road, up and on to the eternally fractured pavement of the sidewalk, and then among between, through, and then past the bellowing hawkers, rickety stalls, lazily fanning merchants and rushing buyers of another corner market. Watch her walk, Claire thought. Silk dress as ghostly as a half-finished thought, rarer than an honestly cool breeze. Satin splashing down like water from an inordinately high fall. Couture as elegant as only a kimono could be and as alien as one moving along Kidon Road. Watch her walk, Claire thought. The puzzle paused, held back by the impact of her, released as she passes. A furrow of brow, a scratching of head, a question. Did I see that? Am I dreaming? Is she real? The woman continued to think about herself, about her walking, a flawless jewel, a perfect image a carefully crafted ideal. Watch her walk, Claire thought. Is she real? Kidon rode to the high street, a stumble of crisp British in a city of fish sauce and MSG. The change didn't alter her steps, modify her movements. Beautiful? Oh, yes. Without doubt. Without a question. The splendor of a rose, the loveliness of an orchid, the kimono is flawless, as is the china white of her immaculately applied artificial complexion. As she walks, hearts stop, then race. As she walks, heads twist, eyes widen. As she walks, breaths are hissed in, sighed out. Beautiful? Oh, yes. Without doubt. Without a question. But she is a knife-edged rose, a razor-sharp orchid. Her stride is mechanically perfect, as is her perfectly vertical posture. Their hearts might race, their heads may twist, 
their eyes certainly widen, their breaths absolutely hiss in and hiss out. But as she steps nearer, they instead step back. As she walks, they avert her eyes. As she walks, they pull themselves in. The woman walking down the high street feels them watching her. Their glances furtive tickles, their quick stares barely felt hooks out of the corners of her always forward-facing eyes. Passing a bookseller, tight fans of rough tan paper with lurid Cantonese chops on their glistening plastic covers hug in sagging arcs of cord. A reflection was revealed to her, a caught sight of what they were seeing. But not what they were thinking. But she knew, nevertheless. Each of them lost in illusions and fantasies as carefully crafted as her rouge, as flawlessly presented as the Mae Migoro and Ushiro Migoro of her kimono, as immaculately assembled as her performance. She's a dragon, some might think. The cruelty of a reptile, the flawlessness of a myth. You may approach her with bravery beyond that of any battlefield, speaking with a stammer and a twitch, and if you were fortunate beyond your worth, she'd slow, pause, turn with prudently measured grace, deeming your presence not completely disgusting. With that look, at that glance, would be a flickering forked tongue of cruel invitation, a scintillating promise of peaked breasts topped with fist-tight nipples, a belly steel plate flat and firm, a behind curving out in twin clenches of muscular intensity, thighs sculpted by rigid posture, and between them a scented valley of ruby silk. But first, a minuscule task. But first, an all but insignificant request. To firmly stand guard for her honor and dignity. To fetch an inestimable gem, an incalculable jewel, or just an unexceptional sticky sweet pastry to perform for her a melody of praise or a stammering litany of desperate worth or a quick athletic demonstration of physical merit or become for her an avenging knight, a battle to defend her honor against some heinous offense. An insignificant request, accepted without doubt or hesitation, the reward a slow curl at the corner of her cold stone face, a bow of gratitude and a bright flash of serpentine green eyes. Totally entranced by her, completely captured by her, the dragon would then reveal the metaphorical points of venomous teeth, sinking the illusion of her love deep into the shaft of your encouraged penis by showing you the true face of her cruelty. The prize was yours, but the tasks were actually anything but minuscule, not at all insignificant. Firmly stand guard for her honor and dignity, for a year— Fetch a inestimable gem, an incalculable jewel, or just a unexceptional sticky sweet pastry, from a thousand miles away. Perform for her a melody of praise, or a stammering litany of desperate worth, perfectly, without the tiniest flaw. A quick athletic demonstration of physical merit, unattainable by even the greatest athlete, or become for her an avenging knight a battle to defend her honor against some heinous offense, in combat against a killing machine. And so the dragon passes by, a smile on her cold-blooded face. No one approaches her, no one is willing to come near, and so they live by letting her just walk by. She's a doll, some might think, a porcelain figure, an ivory representation, 
Beneath the silks and satins would be a body as perfect as only a master artisan could create. Breasts both delicate and womanly, nipples as delicate as rosebuds, a belly with an ideal swell, hands with the grace of ten no performers, calves of perfect taper, thighs an entrancing form, back a clean surface of alabaster, neck a musical curve, feet delicate and precious, a behind highlighted with sacral dimples, and a female cleft that was a pale oyster and a tiny pink pearl. Like a doll she would belong to whoever buys her. Cash, credit, merchandise, the right amount, and the woman would instead walk behind, following her owner towards palace or hovel, both with the same unmoving mask of her face. Palace or hovel, she would walk in the door, standing still and quiet with an item's posture. Maybe she'd look better in the living room window, where the afternoon would bathe her in golden light. Or perhaps she'd be better exhibited in the bedroom, where her kimono could be removed like one from a real woman. Yes, the bedroom. That was where she would be best displayed. Moving past, it was clear in their eyes the allure of her perfect submission. A thing. An object. A piece of feminine sculpture. Unable to disagree, unable to refuse, bendable in all kinds of imaginative ways. From behind, cock sliding between her cool ivory cheeks. Face to face, marble breasts for unimpeded kisses, licks, and sucks. On top, her tight thighs spread apart and welcoming upward thrusts. Anything you wanted. Any time you wanted. Desire was a rippling wave behind her, a heat distortion in the warm city air. It was obvious in their eyes that there, in her, was a world without no, a land without complaint, a woman without a soul. Then they stopped, that wave of erections and licked dry lips chilled with a slap of frigid revelation. Stepping back with the rest of the crowd, these men retreated from the precise rhythm of her steps, with whimpering fear in their wide eyes, their shaking heads. Ivory arms, marble legs, alabaster body, inflexible, unfeeling, stiff, unbending, unyielding, and worst of all, cold. With her you'd never hear no, never be refused, never be denied. But you'd also never hear the beat of her heart, the music of her voice, the chimes of her laughter, the moans and screams of her pleasure. You'd perform with her your deepest, darkest, most subterranean. And all she would do would be to look at you with inscrutable glass eyes. She's a tiger, some might think. A beast with the stripes of a traditional Japanese dress. Hidden beneath her Asian camouflage was a woman's body, exercised into an extension of her erotic drive. Where any other woman would have used euphemisms and poetic alliterations, she chose simple, direct, and powerful words to describe herself. Where any other woman would have bosoms, she had tits of ideal jiggle and sway, covered in thrilling, smooth skin. Where another woman had nipples, she had a pair of dark brown direct connections to her clit. Where another woman had a posterior, she had two plush, muscular globes that clenched and released with the beating heat of her clit. Where any other woman would have a sex, she had a demanding, insistent cunt. There was no way to make her do anything, no way to slyly allure or simply trick her into a private room, no way to seduce her. 
The only thing anyone could do was stand within the range of that sweeping, predatory glance and hope that her eyes would positively estimate your worth as a device for her pleasure. Then, and only then, would her red-painted lips open ever so, more than a whisper but less than a full voice, and speak the one word you'd prayed to hear. Come. Behind her, pulled along by her insatiable need you would follow. It wouldn't be a long journey, for her cunt has a very short attention span. Cheap hotel on the next street, expensive one even closer by, or just the nearest fetid and slimy alley, whatever was within range. Patience was for ladies. Hesitation was for women. Tigers, even ones hidden within silks and satins, had no need for foreplay, patience, or hesitation. They wanted, so they took. And if you were lucky, she would take you. Hands down to your cock, a squeezing judgment for size and firmness. Lips to yours, a tongue penetrating your mouth, an attacking kiss wanting nothing of you but to be kindling to a roaring heat. On your knees she would take you, but only because that was what she wanted. Your cum was not expected or important. A flesh device to penetrate an orifice. You would be used until she was bored and ready to move on to other penetrations of other orifices. Or perhaps she'd require something else. Falling back, satin fabric pulled roughly aside, she might bear an insistent slickness, the gleaming lips and fast-beating clit and demand your service. Failure to accept or in performance too terrible to contemplate. At the end your cock would be needed, hard, strong, and fast. Nothing else important to her. Burning hot, insanely wet, you'd enter and execute the task she'd ordered, working until her screams tore at your ears and her nails scratched along your back. Then that would be it. Humiliating? Being reduced to only a device for someone's pleasure usually is. But the blistering heat of her, the ferocious need of her cunt would put and keep a smile on your sweaty face. But... And again, men standing step back, retreat in shivering dread when she walks back. One does not ever tame a tiger, even after it is fed. Who knows what she might hunger for after? Meat, blood, flesh, dignity, any number of horrible violations, any of them within her grasp, and you, too exhausted to resist. Tigers are wild things, after all. Enjoyable to watch in zoos, penned behind restraining bars, but far too bloodthirsty in bed. She's a machine, some might think. Isn't it wonderful what they're doing with shape-memory alloys, nematic plastics, optical fibers, and conductive polymers? Absolutely wonderful things coming out of Japan, India, the Wilding, and the young Turks of the Ecole Polytechnic these days. Look up and there are dragonflyers pausing for location fixes before darting off at near-invisible speeds, packages clutched under their iridescent fuselages. Look down, and there are myriad scurrying mechanisms, trailing polished tracks of perfumed cleanliness through the city's persistent grime. Look around, and there are cinematics lazily scrolling across a lady's fluttering fan. Posters for the newest Malaysian blockbuster cycling through tantalizing glimpses of furious martial arts and stiffly chased duets, the hushed commuting fuel cell and ethanol traffic, and the softly creaking carbon fibers of a prosthetic hand on a crumble-faced veteran of the Chinese genocide as he lays down a mahjong tile. 
Look at her and you might see a device as carefully machined as a German car, a Swiss watch, a Japanese entertainment center, Indian software, or an African running shoe. Breasts as ideal and resilient as silicone, skin of perfectly cured plastic, muscles as precise and strong as actuators, a genital pleasuring interface between her thighs, a mouth with the same technology. It was a safe bet that without her protective kimono covering, the pseudo-body of hers was as superlative as a supermodel, as sensuous as a playmate of whatever month, as adept as an amalgamation of every courtesan who'd ever lived, as refined and machined as her manufacturers could make her. Movement like the architecture in fine software, presence as authoritative as graceful as a jet fighter, skin as smooth as the polish on a fresh-from-the-factory-floor Ferrari, she passed by. And with her passing, the tracking of lust and greed in the eyes of the male crowd, and sour envy on the faces of everyone else. Here was the best of a man's world. The twin allures of a clever device together with a well-articulated woman, a mating between flesh and sex and advanced technology and power. Purchasing this, or simply leasing with an option to do the same, and putting it in the garage or the bedroom, would mean not just a product, but also a woman of every dream. Not just a sex partner, but also a sophisticated piece of fine engineering. But that wasn't all. Look at them watching her move by. Lust was there, both for machine as well as woman. But there was also the dawning realization that there could be even more there. Things that squeezed, buzzed, vibrated, hummed, heated, cooled, swirled, oscillated, tingled, and more, 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 so much more. But then they pulled away, out of her way, out of her traffic, their fantasies dropping behind to be passed by the rushing acceleration of a nightmare, the barreling truck of a terrifying understanding. Engineering, went their minds as they retreated, is fine and good, stimulating and thrilling. Sex, they thought as they ran away from her, is fantastic and wonderful. But to fuck a machine, to be intimate with gears and cogs, synthetics and electricity, hydraulics and radiators could be good, but also could be like thrusting into a meshing, tearing, burning, shocking, scalding, blistering industrial accident. Dragon, doll, tiger, or machine, she moved along the high street. With every step, Claire thought, watch her walk. They don't know what she is, she thought. Not really. They may have guesses, suppositions, fantasies, but no real knowledge. But while they can't see what she is exactly, they can clearly see what she isn't. Cautious, shy, withdrawn, clumsy, mathematical, or terrified. They certainly don't know her name, though some of them, hearing it, might inhale with a slow hiss, connecting Domino, the famous, infamous, erotist, to the woman walking down the high street with a hushed, barely whispered, So that's her. Domino walked, traveling through the city, leaving in her wake puzzlement and fear, lust and wonder. From one avenue to another she moved, heading away from the twists and turns of Old Town towards the new, leaving behind frying fish and caterwauls of merchants for gleaming steel and arcing high-stress ceramics. The previous behind, the imminent ahead, even though what was back there in the years before would be with her no matter how many steps she made into the future. Watch her walk, Claire thought. Watch Domino, the erotist, stroll through the city. Watch her walk, she also thought, 
and never see me. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Painted Doll. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.